I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 84. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I first heard this week's song, To the Only God by Aaron Schust on Sirius XM station, The Message. They were featuring his entire album kind of prior to its release. Have you ever heard that where the the um, artist comes on like a special DJ and Aaron Schust had been a guest that day and he was hanging out afterward on Facebook to interact with his fans. And I instantly recognized so much scripture in the lyrics that I added it to my list for future songs to use on the podcast. When I finally sat down to explore where I was going to go with it, though, I watched a YouTube video. I discovered it, and Aaron himself was kind of unpacking and discussing the story behind the song. He had a Bible in his hand, and he said it came straight from the book of Jude, and he was inspired by the doxology. In fact, the entire album is entitled Doxology. Doxology actually is a term that I am familiar with, and you may be too, but I it's one of those things that I can't articulate myself, or I can't describe just offhand what it means. And so I went on a hunt for a good explanation. And doxology is basically a praise saying. It comes from two Greek words, doxa, which means glory, and logos, which means to say or a saying. And so a doxology is a saying about God's glory. And so how appropriate to make it into a song. Let's listen. song's inspiration is found in the book of Jude, I set out to read the book of Jude all in one sitting, all 25 verses of it. Okay, I've got you this week. I know that you can read the entire context this week in one sitting because it's just one chapter. And before I get started, I just want to remind you of the purpose of this podcast. My purpose is to inspire you to pick up God's word and read it for yourself. If you've been a listener for long, you've probably thought, wow, I didn't expect that or even wondered why I don't spend more time unpacking the lyrics of the song. And don't get me wrong, I love music. I love how full of scripture many of the popular Christian songs are today, which means they're full of God's word, not man's words, and means when you sing along with them, you are singing along with God's word. However, Christian music is not a substitute for reading God's word for yourself even if the song is chock full of scripture. Listening to this podcast is not a substitute for reading God's word for yourself. 
even attending church and listening to sermons. It serves a purpose, a different kind of purpose, but it's not a substitute for reading God's word for yourself. So that's what I'm trying to help you with. I'm hoping to inspire you to discover and meditate on God's word. I try to give you tools to help you with that, but you need to decide that you're going to do it. Okay, so when you pick up Jude, when you pick up Jude and read it for yourself, you're going to realize it's kind of a doozy. (laughs) In 25 short verses, Jude packs a punch and some of it may just confuse you, to be perfectly honest, especially if you're not super familiar with a variety of scripture. And so I want to give you permission to take some different approaches depending upon where you are in your walk with God, depending on where you are in your understanding of scripture and even in your life circumstances. There's no judgment here, okay? We just want to make imperfect progress. And so today I'm going to talk about three approaches. I'm going to call them the macro approach, the research approach, and the micro approach. And um, so I'm going to unpack those for you today as it relates to the book of Jude. So the macro approach, by the way, should always be your first approach to scripture. A macro approach is one that looks at the big picture, taking everything in, but not really necessarily zooming in on the details. So this means reading in context, which is something I always encourage you to do. Um, Reading in context has that macro element to it. Again, you're backing away, trying to understand the big picture. You never want to focus in on the details before understanding the big picture. And you never want to take a scripture or a thought out of context until you fully understand what the author was trying to accomplish to begin with. So the macro approach, again, deals with identifying the big idea. So a trick to quickly review things from a macro approach is to look at the section headlines in your Bible. So the various, uh, the publishers of various translations assist us. They place headings to separate sections of scripture into main ideas, sort of like an outline. If you've ever had to write an outline for a paper or um, research or anything like that. Now, I, I, um, I wish you could see me because when I said assist, I used air quotes. Um, I'm, and if you could see me, you see I talk with my hands even on the podcast. So those friends who know me personally are laughing right now because I have a friend who said, I don't think that Michelle could communicate if we tied her hands behind her back. So now, again, so I'm saying assist. The, the section headlines, quote unquote, assist us. Now you say, Michelle, you just said these headlines are a tool. A- and they are a tool. But they can also be a crutch. And sometimes I think they put a break in scripture that shouldn't be there. And so it can actually detract from what you're trying to understand. So just remember, section headings are not scripture. They are not divinely inspired. So I challenge you to think for yourself. Read the book of Jude, ignoring the headlines, and determine what headlines you would write And where? Now, I know this sounds like homework and probably more effort than you want to take. But if you want results that you've never had, you're going to have to try things you've never tried before. And another way to consider the macro approach is to write out how you would describe this book or section of scripture. Because I do understand Jude is is one chapter. We can easily do this. But for those books that are, are many, many chapters, maybe you'll take a section of scripture and... Um, So another way, again, to consider is how would you describe this book or how would you describe this section of scripture in an elevator? In other words, uh, in the time it takes for an elevator to move between floors, 
how would you describe this book? So it has to be just a phrase or two. So what I did to get to the point um, was to, to, to the point where I could do that was to read the whole book once through. And then I went back to bullet some of the key phrases that I saw. So I read the book or, you know, like a letter, read the whole thing all the way through. Then I went back and bulleted some key thoughts and, and ideas. And I wish I could have you pause right now and then read the letter from Jude and then rejoin me because um, chances are that you're not in a position to do that. Most people listen to podcasts while doing something else while listening. And so I'm going to go ahead and give you those main points as if I read this book to you or as if we've read it together. But I do want you to go back and read it this week and maybe just even do what I did on this podcast, but do it for yourself. So come up with your own main points, depending on the version that you read, your main points might even be worded differently. So the main things I saw were there were those who crept in unnoticed. Those people pervert the grace of God into a license for immorality. There will be judgment on them as there has been on others. They are among us. They are ungodly. They divide. They follow mere natural instincts. And I add in my mind that means like human logic. Then there was some instruction for the reader, which is me. And so that instruction was to keep myself in God's love by building myself up in my faith and pray in the spirit. Then there were some instructions for me as I relate to others. And I put be merciful, be merciful to those who doubt, save by snatching, have mercy mixed with fear. And, um, and it says hate even the clothing. In other words, don't get comfortable with the sin. And finally, the letter ends with a doxology. So again, that's not going to make as much sense to you if you've never read Jude. <laughs> and so um, just take my word for it and then maybe go read Jude and come back and listen to those those main points again. But as I write those out, so then now I'm, I'm, I'm losing some of the extra words in the verses. I'm writing out the main points and I'm looking at them and then I'm able to write my elevator summary. Yours might be similar. You might... Um, some different areas might jump out at you differently, but here's mine. So you ask me, Hey, uh, so what, what you've been reading lately? And I say, I I'm reading my Bible and I just read the book of Jude. Oh, really? What's that about? Well, Jude wanted to write to, um, the people about their common salvation, but he was compelled to warn them about ungodly people in the camp. And it's been common through all time. He gave a lot of examples he encourages the believer to be on guard and built up as we continue to relate to others. And the end is the best. He gives God all the glory and praise. So there you go. That's the macro approach. There's a lot to munch on. Even with that approach, we could probably stop right now and and that would be enough. But Jude, uh, but I want to go into the research approach. Okay, so Jude mentions several examples of God's judgment on the ungodly. All right, so you just heard my my uh, my elevator speech. So now you kind of know what Jude's about, even though you haven't read it yet. And I kind of explained to you how I got there. But I mentioned uh, it's been common through all time that there are ungodly people in the camp. And Jude gives some examples. So in my research approach, I want to use these mentions. Jude mentions other areas of scripture. And so he used, I want to use these mentions to research. And what you'll find when you do this uh, is instead of not knowing what Jude is talking about, suddenly you know the backstory and then it brings greater understanding to the point that Jude is trying to make. So Jude is assuming in this letter 
that the reader knows these examples inside and out. And so let's get cracking. Let's learn these stories inside and out. And then we can uh, go back and read Jude again and go, oh, wow. Okay, I, I, that is a good example. Okay. So in Jude 1, 5, he says, I want to remind you, though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt, but later he destroyed those who did not remain faithful. All right. So if you read the story of the Exodus, which is the book of Exodus, you will see the big picture of what Jude is referring to. Now, I know I just gave you a large assignment, but it's okay. You want to have reasons to read God's word and to meditate. So if you go and you spend some time reading in the book of Exodus, and then you come back and read this uh, letter from Jude saying, you know, Uh, Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt, but later he destroyed those who did not remain faithful. You're like, wow, okay, that's a, that's a strong example. Go, so read Exodus. Jude 1, 6 says, I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. Now, I'm not sure there's a specific story that I can point you to, but Jude is really teaching us something here about angels and, and, and some coming judgment. And so if you read the book of Revelation, you're going to see glimpses of that. So go read the book of Revelation. It's cool stuff. All right. Jude 1.7. Don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. Those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. You can read about Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis verses, uh, Genesis chapters 18 and 19. Jude 1.11 says, What sorrow awaits them, for they follow in the footsteps of Cain, who killed his brother. Like Balaam, they deceive people for money, and like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. The story of Cain can be found in Genesis 4. The story of Balaam can be found in Numbers 22. The story of Korah's rebellion can be found in Numbers 16. So if you want to explore the research approach this week, you are, you can see all of those references listed in the show notes. So go to michellekneesat.com forward slash 84. And just remember, if you're a subscriber, I email a recap of this week's episode every Monday of each week's episode on Monday. So if you're a subscriber, you already have this list in your inbox already. Uh, but if you if you want to go back and go, I do, I'm going to take that research approach this week and go read those backstories and then reread the book of uh, the, the letter from Jude again, just go to michellekneesat.com forward slash 84 and kind of follow that list. And then I want to discuss the micro approach. When you use a micro lens on a camera, you can zoom in on a small detail without necessarily taking in the whole picture. And and this can be a beautiful approach, you know, but it should be done after you have followed the macro approach and looked at the text to understand the context and the big idea. Okay, so I wanted to take the macro approach to verse 1 because Jude calls believers called, loved, and set apart. And I wanted to spend some time to chew on that. But instead, I'm going to take the macro approach on this week's memory verse and the inspiration for this week's song. And so the thing about a macro approach is that invariably you're looking at such a small section that you leave out other 
good stuff, okay? So even Aaron Schuess told me this, uh, well, sort of. I asked him a question on that live chat that I talked about earlier, and he responded. And I asked if he had had any aha moments, because when you write a song from Scripture, surely you're sitting in Scripture for a while and soaking in it. And I wanted to know if he had any aha moments that kind of came out of that that maybe didn't necessarily make it into the song. And he did say, he said he was bummed that he couldn't work the phrase to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding great joy into the song. He said, maybe that's going to be another song. I love that. So I'm going to read in the amplified version, Jude, uh, verse 25, which adds additional synonyms and phrases. It amplifies the text. That's the name amplified version. So it says to the only God, our savior through Jesus Christ, our Lord be glory, splendor, majesty, might, and dominion and power and authority before all time and now and forever unto all the ages of eternity. Amen. So be it. This doxology is a praise saying, and it's ascribing to God several attributes, glory, majesty, might, dominion, power, and authority. And if I'm going to take a close look at this, perhaps I should be able to at least define these words. I should be able to at least articulate in English what these words mean. Now, I often tell you the uh, Greek word behind the translated English word. I think that is a tremendously effective tool. And many of you might be intimidated by this, or maybe you don't even know how to look up the word in the Greek, or may not know how to read the summary once you do look it up. Or you may just not take the time. Some of you even know how to do it. Just don't take the time. So this week, I took a new approach. I asked Siri. Now, I know not everyone has an iPhone, but just follow me here. Just look up the English definition of the word, and it's going to help you ponder further. And so here's what Siri said. Glory means high renown or honor won by notable achievements. Yep, God deserves that, okay? Majesty means impressive stateliness, dignity, or beauty. Might is great and impressive power or strength. Listen to what I'm saying here. I'm describing our God. Dominion means sovereignty or control. Now, when I was a kid, my mom used to make me look up words that I didn't know the definition to. And I didn't have Siri. We had the good old-fashioned dictionary. And sometimes I groaned because I was enthralled in a book, and I just wanted to know what the word meant. But she forced me to go to the dictionary, look it up for myself, and it served a powerful purpose. I often remembered what I studied for myself. So that's what I'm trying to, again, you know, just a little reminder. That's what we're trying to do here. Yes, you can learn from me, but you will retain more when you study it for yourself. Now, I would never really tell her that, but I often would look up a word and in the definition was another word that I didn't know and how to verbalize, or maybe I didn't even know what the definition was. So then I would get lost in looking up word after word after word, almost like a cross-reference in the Bible. Now, I do realize that this story makes me sound really nerdy, but I learned a lot of great words by doing that. So just now I said dominion means sovereignty or control. 
So I asked Siri, what does sovereignty mean? And sovereignty means supreme power or authority, which are our next two words. Authority, the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. And power is the ability to do something or act in a particular way. So sovereignty means he has the supreme, top, nothing above him power, which is the right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. Interesting, okay? And I mean, I'm sorry, that's authority. And then power, he, he is this, the supreme, the top, the no one above him ability to do something or act in a particular way. That is the God we serve. And all of these attributes, according to the scripture, were true before time. They are true now, and they will be true forever. Isn't that great? So even just sitting and taking some time and unpacking words that you think you know what they mean and just pondering brings a whole new level of understanding. So what's next? Well, read Jude, okay? And try the macro approach. Write an elevator summary and share it with a friend. Uh, Try the research approach. Take, Take one of those stories or all of them. Chase down some of the stories from the Old Testament that Jude mentions. And then try the macro approach and focus in on a verse or two. Ponder it, meditate on it, unpack it, study it, internalize it, memorize it. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter or Facebook and we can talk about what you're learning. Before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Katie from Louisiana, Debbie from Texas, Sonia from Georgia, Deb from Michigan, Greg from Minnesota. They are my newest subscribers to my website. And the benefit of subscribing is that I will email you once a week. And in that email, you will get a memory verse resource to to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can even print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode, and you would get instant access to any of the resources I create for my episodes. It's just my way to say thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And don't miss an episode of my podcast by subscribing in iTunes. And while you're there, would you please leave me a written review and a star rating? This not only encourages me, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners and gives me some credibility in that venue. As always, if you take time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use Grace Wins by Matthew West to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 84. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.